This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, so for this Wednesday night Bible study, we're going to continue on the teachings that have been starting. We're starting a new series by Minister Hill and we're going to pick up from there and again talking about how to stay prepared and avoid distractions. That's the name of the series. How to stay prepared and avoid distractions. And for my piece of this, we're going to deal with beware of financial distractions. Beware of the financial distractions. Uh, Again, we've heard already from Minister Hill teaching around the the snare of the fowler and how to avoid it. And so keep those messages in line. Everything we teach, again, we teach these things in series, but connect the knowledge. You know, I'm just going to jump on things, pick up on things where where he, my brother, left off at, Um, especially now in this holiday season, this Christmas season, right? There's a lot of financial distractions that we have. Right? And we're going to look at how to stay prepared, how to stay focused, how to avoid these distractions in your finances. That's very important. You know, because God cares about how you deal with your, your finances. You know, God has called us to make sure that we are stewards of what He has put into our, our hands, right? It all belongs to Him now, right? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But we have to be stewards of it, right? And, and during this, this season and during this time, you know, a lot of people are. are frustrated, right? A lot of people are stressed. Um, you know, it just, you know, the holiday season, you, you see all the decorations and you see all the things that are happening. Christmas is, you know, right around the corner and it's amazing how much stress that this builds. Um, so, again, we're going to take some time to talk about how to avoid being caught up in these distractions during this, this time. So turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Again, it'll be the, our foundational text, the same foundational text that our minister he'll use for kicking off this series. Ecclesiastes 3, starting at verse number 1. It says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So I'm going to stop there, right? It's hard to kind of read these things without stopping for a minute. It says, To everything, everything there is a season, Right? And a time to every purpose under the heaven. So never think that even this time we are in, even the holiday season we're in, don't ever think that we're just doing these things and going through the motion. I'm telling you, that's the snare of the fowler. That's that's the enemy. Have you thinking you're just going through the motion? There's nothing happening? No, there's a season that's going on. There's a time that's passed. There's a dispensation that you are in. And the enemy knows that. Right, you know, people's attitudes change during this time of year. Like I said, we do, we had, we're sitting at December first now. You know, it's amazing how all of a sudden, even though the weather is not cool or whatever, but it's still it's December. It's holiday time. You know how you are on your job during this time. You know, you can't wait to get your time off at the end of the year and getting ready for those. I mean, your whole mentality just changed. You're in this season, right? And so it says to everything there is a season and a time every purpose under the heaven. Then he starts getting to these times and these purposes, right? A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. A time to heal. A time to break down. A time to build up. A time to weep 
and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. For what profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? Now, let's go to verse 11 here. It says, For he hath made everything beautiful in his time. And also he hath set the world in their heart. So that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that. Whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it <clears throat> nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it, that man should fear before him, that which hath been is now, and that which hath already been, and God requires that which is past. So again, this passage of scripture to me is, is so relevant, especially in this season that we are in, right? Everything is beautiful in his time. Never forget that. And so now we are in this holiday season, right? And, and, and I like how it says in verse 13, and, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God, right? So you should eat and drink. And that's what that's people's attitude now. I can eat and drink and enjoy, <clears throat> you know, what the, the good of your labor. But I like that part about labor. Because a lot of people are eating and drinking and enjoying, but where was the labor? Right? Don't forget these, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's so amazing to me because we get into this time of the year, and again, we're dealing with finances, it's, we get into a sense of entitlement. You know, you know, and it's been brewing, but we can remember growing up as a child, the, the things when Christmas came and, and what we got and our favorite toys or our favorite gift, and we always remember the one we didn't get. Now, your parents could provide you 10,000 toys or 10,000 gifts, but you remember the one you didn't get. And it still carries you on to today. And now you're at Christmas, it's like a sense of entitlement. It's Christmas. I've earned it. I, des I, I deserve it. And that affects your, your attitudes when it comes to making financial decisions during this time. You've got to avoid those distractions. So again, during this time, many people get caught up in spending, right, based on the, the, the Christmas shopping. You know, you have all the advertisements around Black Friday, and now it's Black November, and then Cyber Monday, and then Cyber Week, and, you know, all these different, you know, cliches that get you caught up in this season of spending. It's all about getting your money. It's distractions. So when it comes to spending during this season, many people do one of the following. You find yourself in this category. And during this season, you overspend. Right? You know what I mean, overspend, right? You may overspend your cash. You may overspend on, on, on your credit cards. You, 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 it's amazing. You start accumulating debt during this time. They overspend. 
Many people do. And then you have those that have a lack of spending. Now, the lack of spending is not because they don't want to, because they're just broke. They don't have it. Their credit cards are already to the max. They've already been bad stewards. Now you get to this season, and now it's a lack of spending. And I'm going to tell you, nothing like being broke during the holidays. And then you have folks that are like, hey, regardless, it's the holidays, I'm going to spend my bill money. Meaning you're going to spend money that has been already allocated for another use. See, again, all this is <laughs> built into these attitudes and, and our spending behavior and our, during this time. These are all distractions that affect us financially. You know, you're overspending, right? You have a lack of spending and it's frustrating because you don't have it. And then you have, have those that go and say, I'm going to take my bill money and spend it because I'm going to catch it up later. And, of course, later never comes. It's nothing like getting behind on your bills and got to catch up. You know, I, I'm, you know, I say that because I've been there before. I, I'm speaking from experience. I've been behind on my bills. Right? And I, you know how I got behind on my bills? During the Christmas holiday season. I, I've been there. I understand. I, I've been there. You have a family, you have a wife and children, and the holidays come. And, you know, I, I tell you, some things you just never forget. Right? You know, you're... You know, you have your in-laws, right? You know, you, you're married. Like, I'm married to my wife, and I have a, my wife's mother. You know, it's amazing. My wife's mother might not ask my wife anything else, but you know what she would ask her? What, is, what does your husband get you for, for Christmas? You know, I'm like, that, that was interesting. So, you know, I, I remember these things. And don't let her say, oh, well, he, he got me nothing, or he got me so-and-so. He, I'm like, wow. You know, you, you remember those conversations? I'm like, that's interesting. Again, never said nothing, but I'm saying it's just so many dynamics that goes on. All right? And so, again, it's just, and you get caught up in the season. Again, to everything, there is a season. You get caught up to this season, and you start overspending money that you don't have. So, again, I'm, I'm speaking from, I had to learn. I had to learn some things. And guess where I learned these things around discipline during this time, how to avoid distraction? Guess where I learned it at? Here at this ministry. There's things that were taught about stewardship, bringing discipline to my finances that I learned here. And, and guess what? In the learning process, guess what? You know, it's one thing about when it comes to finances, it's not going to happen overnight. There's no bingo. There's no lottery. You know, money's not going to come out, the, you know, out of the sky. It's going to take time. So that means from that time I got behind on my bills because of my, my, my bad stewardship, it took years to get myself in a position where now I can really enjoy the Christmas holiday when it comes to spending and financially. Years. Because I got so behind. But I learned it here. How to apply discipline during that time. Right? Here's what I learned. In a time of planning, put it away. Catch that. In a time of planning, put it away. You know, there's times that you go throughout the year that you have, in our mind, the overflow. Put it away. Save it for these times. In other words, don't spend everything that you have. And, and I learned that. I learned that, again, being teaching that we're here. I learned that in the time of, when the time with Joseph and the dreams and, and Egypt and the things were, were ministered through the scriptures in this ministry. How he interpreted dreams and the. For Pharaoh said, okay, y'all going to be in a, in a time of famine, 
But then he said, but before that, so you have a time of planning, you better save it for the time of famine. And I've been doing that for many years now. And that's why you say I stay ahead. That's why this time of year I'm not, hey, I'm in a place now where I'm not frustrated at all. But I had to get here. That's my point. And if you don't put things in a place now, you're going to be frustrated. This is going to be one of the most frustrating times of the year between you and your wife and your family. Financially. I'm telling you, like I said, it's nothing like being broke during the holidays. I mean, y'all deciding whether we're going to have turkey or we're going to have chicken. Because <laughs> I don't know if we're going to afford the turkey. We may have to bake some chicken and pretend like it's turkey. Let that go along with the dressing. I'm, I'm telling you, you, hey, nothing like it. Then, like I said, then the in-laws call. What did y'all have for dinner? Oh, we had some baked chicken. Well, that boy couldn't afford no turkey. I, I'm just saying. You put these things in motion, you learn these things, and you'll be the better for it when it comes to finances. Especially during this season. All right, so again, <laughs> the behavior we have during this time of this season, again, we overspend, lack of spending, we spend our bill money. And these things lead to financial stress, it leads to frustration, it leads to depression. During the holiday season, when it's time to rejoice, again, you know, we understand, you know, people say, oh, Jesus is the reason for the season. I got it, I understand. It's easy, it's easy to say that. Easy. Oh, Jesus is reading for the season. Until the day comes and you don't have nothing, no gift for you under the tree. Nobody talking about Jesus then. You didn't get me. I ain't got nothing. Remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. They're like, no gifts. So it brings stress, frustration, even depression during this time for many people. Again, it should be a time of celebration. We're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're not going to argue whether he was born on December 25th or not. That's, that's the time we set aside to celebrate as believers. That, that's neither here nor there. Right? But, but again, financially, if you haven't gotten your place, gotten the place where you are established, avoiding distractions, this will be a time of depression for you. And many people are there. And then we're not going to talk about when you overspend and, and then you spend your bill money. Guess what? January is right around the corner. And then those bills come in. Those credit card bills come in. And now, again, you're starting off beginning of the year already behind. That brings a whole new level of frustration in your marriage and your home. So that's why we're bringing these topics up. That's why we talked about the snare of the fowler. We talked about the enemy. And, and understand that the enemy is doing his job. Got you off focus on the purpose of God. All right, so we're going to look at how to avoid being distracted in your finances during this holiday season. The objectives here, i got three objectives. Discuss how to avoid being distracted in the holiday season. Again, discuss how to avoid being distracted in this holiday season. Discuss how to stay on purpose. And then the third one is provide practical examples on how you can avoid being distracted. We're going to look at some practical examples of how you can avoid being distracted during this holiday season. So number one, objective. How do you avoid being distracted financially in this season? Go back to Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. It says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So how I'm going to avoid being distracted financially this season? 
I have to stay on purpose when it comes to my spending. This purpose. Again, a time to every purpose under the heaven. And purpose under heaven means that purpose comes from God in my decision-making process. So that's how I'm going to avoid. I'm going to stay on purpose with my spending, and then my purpose I have is going to come from God. When I make decisions, when it comes to buying and spending, financially. So stay on purpose. Now, if, if you're not on purpose, then you're just going to go out there and just spend or not spend without understanding exactly where, where your goal is and what you're doing. And then when it comes to God and, and what God has called you to do, you're going to be frustrated well because you're like, I don't have the money. I don't have the finance. Well, you just spent it. See, stay on purpose. And God uh, has that purpose for you when it comes to your decision-making process. So now, how do I stay on purpose? Turn to Psalms 91. And we talked about this last time. <clears throat> Part of this teaching. Psalms 91. How do I stay on purpose? Psalms 91. Verse 1, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. So how am I going to stay on purpose? I have to abide. I have to dwell. See, I have to dwell in that secret place. I have to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What do you mean by these things, right? When we say dwell, I have to dwell in the secret place. Dwell means I got to be in position. And abiding means I have to maintain that position. So that means during this holiday season, I have to stay in position, get in position and stay there. And there's a position I need to be at financially. So I had to get into that position and stay there. That means I got to apply discipline to my flesh, to all the distractions, to all the noise, all the advertisements, all the decorations, everything that looks so beautiful, all the conversation. I have to abide. I have to dwell. I have to stay in that in position with God. Because He's the Almighty. So I got to dwell there, be in position. Then I got to abide. I got to maintain that position. That means that Christ must be involved in every decision in my life, including my financial decisions. I'll say that again. I'm talking about abiding in Christ. Abiding, that means that Christ must be, get this, Christ must be involved in every decision in my life. And that includes my financial decisions. This is how you will stay on purpose and not get distracted in this season. So that means before I make any purchase, I'm going to go to my Lord and my Savior, my Master. I need to involve Him. That's the abiding. Focus on Him. And He will give me purpose. You know, and again, when I... When I, when I talk about the time, I remember you just just caught up in the season, right? You know, I, I remember this, there's a, hey, there's a still small voice that says, you don't need that. Don't get that. Here, here's a voice I hear from the Lord. Wait. 
wait. Right? And then you know what my flesh says? I ain't going to wait. Uh, my, uh, my flesh is like, we're going to justify getting this thing. Why? Because it's Christmas. I earned it. I deserve it. And the Lord said, just wait. Because guess what? You know, this time next year, it's going to be the same holiday. Christmas is going to come around next year, too, if you, you, know, you didn't know. Wait. And what wait does, it calms your flesh down. It's nothing like waiting. I mean, I think that's the four-letter word our, our flesh hates to hear is wait. Because we want it right now. But wait. So that means, again, Christ must be involved in every decision in my life, including my financial decisions. I need to search Him. Ask Him. That needs to be part of my prayer time. Before the holiday season even hits. Again, ask the Lord, like, okay, look, God, here we go. I'm going I'm to dwell with you. I'm going to buy with you. So hey, Christmas is coming up. I, I know where I am at financially. God, help me. Show me. Give me the strategies I need. Because I don't want this year to be, be how I am financially. I don't want the place I am this year than I am being next year or the years to come. Making the same mistakes in the same vicious cycle. See, Christ is in my decision-making process. And I'm going to tell you, He will give you the counsel. Then it's up to you to work the counsel, apply the counsel. And then you'll start seeing a change during this season. Because this season will come every year, but you have a different response towards it. Because again, remember, we saw this in Ecclesiastes, right? Remember, everything is beautiful in His time. See, I want to make sure I stay in the time of the Lord. Everything's beautiful in His time. Not beautiful in my time. Everything's beautiful in His time. So I got to, I got to align my time with His time. Then everything's going to be beautiful. And that's the place you got to get to when it comes to your finances. It comes to this time of the year. Everything's beautiful in His time. That's what I mean by wait. Because you haven't got yourself out there that you shouldn't be at. Now it's time for you to wait and let everything be beautiful in His time. So in order to, to abide, in order to dwell, in order to stay on purpose, we have to stay focused on Christ. Here's a challenge that I have for you all that I've heard from the Lord. I'll just say it like that. Another challenge, right? There's always challenges. During this month of December, right? Here's a challenge to help you stay focused right? On the Lord. Here's a challenge. And you catch this. For the month of December, read the Gospels every week. What do I mean read the Gospels every week? Week one, starting today, December 1st, through next Tuesday, December the 7th, read the Gospel of Matthew. Read it. Read it every day. That means sit down, open your Bible to the book of Matthew and read. Don't study. Right? Don't study the Word. Just read it. Just read it. That'll help keep your mind so That'll help refresh you. That'll help get you a place where you need to be staying focused. Read Matthew for the first week. Then week two, guess what gospel you're going to read next? Mark. 
So starting on December the 8th through December the 14th, read the Gospel of Mark. And then in week 3 of this month of December, December the 15th through December the 21st, read the Gospel of Luke. That'd be a good one, right? Get right into the point of Christmas Day, right? And then the week 4, which is December 22nd through December 28th, read the Gospel of John. So that means every week spend time reading the Gospels. Starting with Matthew, week 1, the next week reading Mark, the next week reading Luke, and the next week reading John. And that will help you stay focused on abiding in Christ. That will help you have your mindset, you know, I'm thinking about Him. It's amazing when you start reading the Word of God. It, the Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder to join the marrow. It, it knows how to discern your very intentions and thoughts that's in your heart. So read the Word. And then watch the Word of God when you read the Gospels convict you when it comes to your decision-making process when, you, when it comes to financial decisions. Just let the Word do what the Word does. Let the Holy Spirit illuminate his revelation, His Word in your heart. So that's the challenge for the month of December. Again, I said a challenge. I mean, you can choose to do whatever you do. Just try and throw things out there that try to help you in this time. To help you stay focused. So don't get caught up and avoid the distractions. Read the Gospels. Alright, so, what is the snare of the fowler used by the enemy, the devil, to get us distracted or off focus during this season, right? What does the enemy use? And we already mentioned this before in the two previous teachings, you know, because we got to be con- conscious of his, his devices. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is always the pattern of the snare. And remember we said a snare was, right? A snare is a trap or a device used to surprise, entangle, confuse, to capture, devour, or destroy the ensnare. That means once you got ensnared, the whole point of that is to get you destroyed, defeated, right? Entangled, confused. That's the snare. And so these trappings, you'll see it, that the enemy is going to use, will come from the lust of the flesh, will come from the lust of the eyes, will come from the pride of life. And, and, and for me, the biggest one that I always see, it, it, it's, all of them have the same weight, but that pride of life is something else. And that's just for me. What I mean by the pride of life is that sense of entitlement. Especially during the Christmas season. You know, hear people say, it's Christmas, like, like that means something. So I, you know, I have to spend money. It's Christmas. I, I, you will spend money. No. It's amazing how that pride of life hits you during this time of year. You know, my children need this. My wife wants that. But they, they need stuff and want stuff all year long. What's special about this time? Again, that's what I mean. That's the trap. That's the device. That, that's the snare. An enemy will use that to get you defeated. To devour you during this time. And affect you when it comes to your finances. And always remember this. When we talked about the snare... The snare is a custom 
designed distraction to trap you. See, the enemy is crafty. The enemy has watched you throughout the years. The enemy, like I said before, the enemy was, was there when you were disappointed on your, your eighth birthday, I mean, eighth Christmas year when you didn't get the doll you wanted or the toy you wanted, right? The, the enemy was there. He saw your response. They saw, the, they saw how you had a fit on Christmas Day because you didn't get the toy you wanted. And now here you are, a grown adult, still throwing fits because you're not getting what you want during the holidays. So the snare is always a custom-designed distraction to trap you. It's custom-made, baby, for you. So that's why you have to examine yourself. Understand where you are at. You know, take a reality check. Again, that's why I think reading the gospel, that's why I'm saying praying and reading the gospel will help you to examine where you are at. Where you are at financially. Where you are at spiritually. You know, because I'm telling you, some of you, 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 hey, you really are not where you think you are, reality. Right, because here's the mindset, right? You know, I just say these things. Like I said, I, I, I'll, share, I'll, I'll share my ignorance, you know, on, on my lack of integrity at one while, right? You know, you, you, during this holiday season, you say, well, I'll just, you know, take a, uh, another check. You know, you get paid whenever you get paid and use the check. And I'll say, I'll use that for, my, for Christmas time. Use that money for that time. Because I'm going to get paid next time. I'll just catch up on my next paycheck. But that next paycheck was already allocated for something else. Because I hadn't planned for this. But then in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can catch up. And guess what? When the next check comes, something else one came up. And then you're behind again. You don't spend money that you didn't have, and then now you've got a check that comes, and now you're going to spend more money to try to catch up that you don't have. It's a vicious cycle. And again, that's what leads to this frustration during this time, financially. That's the snare of the fowler. And God's trying to speak to you now to come out of that snare. Those custom trappings for you. Alright, so let's look at this individual that was caught up in the snare of the fowler around finances. Turn with me to John chapter... 13. Because you know it's easy to talk about somebody else. John chapter 13. Nobody gets offended when we talk about somebody else. When you talk about me, though, here come the fences. John chapter 13. Look at this individual that got caught up with the snare of the fowler. John chapter 13, starting at verse number 1. It says, Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So we see here at this time, there is something going on at this supper time. Right? There's something happening here. And we, now we see this individual, Judas Iscariot. 
It says, now the devil, having now put into his heart to betray him. Now, why would Judas betray Jesus? And why would Judas allow the devil to put into the heart to betray Jesus? There was something going on with Judas. Interesting, right? Verse 3, it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises up from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after he had poured, poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. And so now you see we got into this thing where Jesus started washing the disciples' feet. And, and I, what I love about this is that Judas was part of that foot washing. But in his heart, he was going to betray Jesus. You know, what possessed him to want to betray Jesus? Now, jump down to verse, <clears throat> let me see, verse 21. John chapter 13, verse 21, it says, When Jesus had said, said uh, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in the spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. So all the disciples are trying to figure out now who is going to betray Jesus. And verse 25. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop. And when I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said unto him, That thou doest, do it quickly. So again, we see all these things are happening at the supper table. Right? Judas, the betrayer. His heart was not right. And it's like, why did he get to this place of wanting to betray Jesus? What was going on? Verse 28. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him buy those things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor he then having received the sup went immediately out and it was night what was Judas responsible it's amazing what bag did he have Judas had a responsibility to hold the money bag or the money box and his responsibility around the money box was distribution to pay for services or items that they needed as part of their travels. 
So Jesus, uh, so Judas had responsibility of the money, the finances. Now, here's the thing that gets me about Judas. This wasn't his money. But he treated it like it was his. Right? It's amazing to me how we are about somebody else's money. You know, we can easily tell other people how to spend their money. Like, but it's not yours. But then when it comes to your money, nobody can't tell you how to spend your money. So Judas had an issue. His issue was in his heart. It dealt with the finances. Now, you know, before we start jumping on the, the bandwagon, yeah, Judas was wrong, he betrayed Jesus. You know, some of us have issues about money in our finances. Right? We have, we have these issues. I'm going to tell you, you, know, you can find out somebody's heart when it, when it talks about money. Especially when it talks about giving. You know, and again, we get into this season, again, going back to this holiday season, this Christmas season, you know, we start saying, oh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But I'm going to tell you, everybody want to receive. You, people quote that scripture, but most people are on the receiving end, not the giving end. You know, could you this, this, this Christmas time do all the giving? Whatever money you have set aside, you just, you're going to buy for others. Nothing for yourself. It's a hard issue. So again, before we start criticizing Judas, the son of perdition, about his heart, we need to check our hearts. So we see here that, again, the devil put in Judas' heart to betray Jesus. But Judas gave him access to his heart based on the issues he had. So that means something happened that turned Judas to the place where now I'm going to betray Jesus. Something triggered it. And, and you know, I'm trying my best to take my time, and I really am, because there's a buildup that happens in our life. You know, you start out one way, you know, you, 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 but then over a period of time, if you don't make changes, it gets to a place where now you get to the breaking point. And then something happens, and then you fall off the deep end. You're done. And the whole time of that journey while things are going on, God is trying to get you to correct your heart, but you won't do it. You know, this is the time when you need to correct yourself. Search your heart when it comes to finances. And we understand the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, many have been pierced through with many sorrows. It's the love of money. Finances. We're so caught up in these things, during, again, especially during this time. Yeah, and that's why I said, think about giving somebody. People have an issue already. I'm not giving to that. I'm not doing that. I don't have it. It's amazing. People say, well, they don't have the gift, but they have plenty to receive. You never hear people say, oh, I can't receive that. But you hear people say, I can't give that. That's a hard issue. And if you don't correct that hard issue about your giving, you will get to a place where you are offended and you will fall off. An enemy, the snare, again, the trap has been set for you to get you destroyed. To have you in a place of depression. So what happened? What was the trigger? Let's go back to John chapter 12. 
let's see what happened. What triggered Judas to get to this place where enough was enough? John chapter 12, starting at verse number 1. You know, I really do love the Word of God. I love how God sets these things up for teachings for us to understand. John chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover. Again, we read in John 13, he was already there at the Passover. Now this is six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There made him a supper, and Martha served. Good old Martha. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. So here we are, we're at this place, six days before the Passover, right? They're sitting here having supper, and then Mary took a pound of this expensive costly ointment broke it and poured it on Jesus' feet wiped it anointed his feet with his hair rubbed it on with it, <clears throat> with it uh, on his feet with her hair now we're going to look and see how much this, this ointment cost they, they talk about this ointment was was the same as a year's worth of wages so you think about what you make now in a year month of wages that's how much this ointment was worth very costly very expensive. We ain't talking about that cheap stuff. We're talking about that expensive stuff that probably none of us have. And here it is. She anointed Jesus with this ointment. And again, he said, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing like having some expensive smell in the house. Verse 4. Then said one of the disciples... Get this. One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? Again, almost a year's wage and given to the poor. Now, why did Judas speak up here? It's amazing. You know, all the things that may have happened... Because of this ointment that was broken, I mean, the alabaster box that was in, the container was in, it was broken. Now, all of a sudden, it was put on the master's feet to anoint him. Now, Judas had an issue. He said, we could have sold that and given it to the poor. Then he said, and then verse 6, this he said, excuse me, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. What is verse 6 saying? That Judas controlled the finances that went into the money box or the money bag. And that he was taken from the bag, the money bag. And so now he got mad because he couldn't take from this very expensive woman that could have got sold had more money in the money bag for him to take. He said that Judas was a thief. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, 
Many of us have a thief mentality. You know what a thief is, right? Someone who takes something that doesn't belong to them. And many of us have a thief mentality, especially during this time. We take things that don't belong to us either. And we take things that don't belong to us and use it for our own personal gain. And then here's the the kicker about that. We'll take things that don't belong to us, use it for our own personal gain, and then justify it. That's a hard issue. Something's wrong with our heart, with that attitude. That's the thief mentality. So when we spend money during this time, you know, spending money on a credit card. I understand credit card is not free money. I know that plastic looks good and you just swipe it or insert chip, you know, it's just, it seems so easy. It's not free. Right? The bill is coming. And then you go back and you got, you're using your debit card, you go back and you don't spend all this money during this time and it, it's, 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 you know, your debit card is connected to your, your checking account and then you go going like, what happened to my money? You spent it. My account is low. How can your account be low? People amaze me like, I don't understand what happened to the money. You spent the money. You were caught up in the snare of the fowler. You caught up in that thief mentality during this time. Spending money that you don't have to spend. Because it's Christmas. Don't blame Christmas for that. Blame you. Christmas ain't got nothing to do with it. It's got to do with you. Again, that's why I'm talking about the snare. It's been a custom designed distraction to trap you. And you've been trapped every Christmas, every holiday season. You're trapped in the same cycle. It's time to break it. Stop justifying your holiday spending because it's Christmas. Please. That's your heart. That's your issue. And so we see here with Judas, he was a thief. And the enemy takes advantage, the devil, Satan, takes advantage of your thief mentality to trap you. Understand that. He takes advantage of that. He knows where you are at when it comes to your finances and your lack of discipline. And he takes advantage of that. The snare. The fowler takes advantage of that. See, don't give justification to your bad character or your lack of character. You can't justify bad character. You're wrong. And the enemy will influence you in this time to make bad financial decisions during this holiday season. That's going to bring you to a place of frustration, depression, distress going forward. So you've got to avoid this thief mentality. Stop spending money you don't have. But then you say, well, I have it. Uh, No, you don't. If it wasn't on purpose, then you don't have it. Remember we just said, how do I avoid the distractions of getting caught up? I stay on the purpose of God. So if that money wasn't on purpose, then you didn't have it. 
you know, how to say these things, right? There's no such thing as, oh, I just got extra money. What is extra money? <laughs> Your money has to have a purpose behind it. If it doesn't have a purpose behind it, then don't spend it. And then people are high and say, well, that's just my, you know, my, my entertainment money. Well, put purpose behind your entertainment money. What kind of entertainment? See, you know, we want to hide behind these things for us, make us feel good, but you're just blowing it. There's no purpose behind it. Then you don't have it. See, you have to, on purpose, sit down and decide how to spend the finances. And you're getting that counsel from God. So put purpose behind everything you spend this holiday season. Everything. And, and, and here's a good one you need to put purpose, purpose around how you spend it. That's when it comes to your food bill. You know, what we're going to eat during Christmas. What we ate during Thanksgiving. Right? Hey, put purpose behind it. Allocate it. So this is this is going to be spent for food, and that's it. And eventually, we get to these things. You know, talking about purpose and allocation when you come to these finances, and you want to make sure that your allocation is is re- realistic too. You know what I mean by that? Because that that messes up us as well. Get a realistic view. You need to go shopping. You know, that's one thing I, I learned about, again, you being married with my wife and, you know, she, she does some, you know, go shopping for some things and, and then she'll say, okay, we need X number of dollars to do this. And I'm like, you know, why it cost that much? She's like, you ain't been, go to the store. You go. You know, baby, I can show you better than I can tell you. You go. You think $20 can buy Christmas dinner? You go. I'm like, $20, we can get us a turkey. Even a hand. But see, be real, hey, realistic. Because some of y'all ain't, hey, you, you ain't been out there in a while. Prices have went up. <laughs> and so, and so he, here you are, you say, I'm going to allocate this amount of funds and this is for our dinner. They were like, what are we eating? I don't know what we eat. Who else is eating? That's just what, from one person? Because that ain't enough to feed us. Realistic. Again, I'm saying these are all the trappings of the enemy. So again, the fowler is there to, to get you entrapped during this time because of that thief mentality. Because you don't have purpose behind it. So, going back to this passage of Scripture, because what I love about this, we're going to read into this. Look how Jesus set forth the purpose of what was done. Verse 5 again, he says that, <clears throat> notice verse, 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 verse 4. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and, and bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing, bearing uh, hath she kept this. For the poor, always you have with you. But me, you have not always. 
In other words, Jesus said there was a time and a purpose for her to use that ointment right now to prepare for my burial. You know, it was time to break out the ointment. It was time to break out the expensive, you know, perfume. And I love that. He, he said, that's, and that's the thing about, you know, we get, there's a flip side of this, these conversations as well, right? Because the other flip side of this conversation is you don't, you hoard up so much that you don't even enjoy life. You know, there's, there's a time where, you know, you buy all those expensive dishes, break them out. You know, again, I'm just using, I, I'm just, I'm purpose using myself, for example. My wife knows it. This is my, my pet peeve, right? I hate buying stuff I can't use. There's nothing in my house to consider decorations. I, Brother Hayes, I don't have it going on like that. I, if there's, there's a plate that's on the table, then I can use them. You know, that's not part of the decor. That's part of me, hey, I want to eat. There's a plate. Let's break it out. Oh, that's a nice china. Well, how come I can't use the nice china? See, it's that flip side that happens too. There's a time to break out the good stuff. There's a time for that purpose. Right? And then there's other time you break out, hey, the paper plates. But Christmas? I ain't bringing out no paper plates on no Christmas. And here, who gonna watch this? And hey, that's why you got children. They can watch them dishes. Right? Again, you know, some things are passed on from generation to generation. That's what I was in my house when I was a child. Guess what I had? I had wash dishes duty. My parents brought out them nice plates, nice silverware, nice glassware. You know, you put the food out with a presentation. It's like a platter. Guess where to wash all that stuff? We did. The children. You ate, didn't you? Well, you can wash them dishes. And you better not break not a one. And stuff shining like new money. Enjoy the moment. We can sit here and look at these things, but we can't even enjoy them. Again, going back to Ecclesiastes, right? Eat, drink, and, you know, we just can't enjoy these moments. That's the enemy have you entangled as well. So, again, there's nothing wrong with, you know, like Jesus said, hey, what she did was on purpose. Bring out that ointment. Yeah, I don't care if it was, uh, you know, a year's wage. Could have been, could have, we could have got for that. Break it out. See, the poor you're going to have with you always. In other words, there's another day coming. But today, it's time to bring out the fine, fine uh, you know, jewelry or fine dining. You know, today is the time to bring out the fine silverware. I'm going to tell you, you know, brothers, I'm going to tell you like this... You know, look, look at that during this holiday season, brothers, during this Christmas time in your house. Go in the house and find those dishes that you, in the back of the shelf of the closet, you know, in that closet, but, you know, in, in your kitchen, right? Them dishes will never be used. And you put dishes on top of those dishes, place on top, and, and use the same one every time. Pull out the plate, the platter that you never used. It's got dust on it probably. Wash them. We're going to use it this Christmas time. They say we're gonna need new, we're gonna need new plates. I'm like, girl, you been using plates in that cabinet? Why would we buy new plates? I got plates in the cabinet that ain't been used. Break it out, enjoy it, sit down, use those nice silverware, all those serving utensils, all 
get all those fine dining items. We don't bought little knickknacks. We thinking, you know, make our cabinet, make our our, our Christmas. I mean, our, our kitchen look really nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I need to get off these things. Even like the salt shaker. You know, we, you know, here we are putting salt on our hand and shaking off. I want my. I'm gonna be like a. I want a salt put in the salt shaker that we got sitting in the cabinet. Fill up with salt. You know, not the actual, you know, thing you bought from the store. <laughs> you break that on the table. No, put it in, a, in a, the salt shaker and put it on the table. I want to sprinkle salt from that. Pepper from that. Get some sugar from the little sugar dish. Enjoy. See, that's why I mean, come from, I'm saying the enemy has you so caught up in these things that you don't even... You know, you, you can't even enjoy the moment, the season. Break out those dishes. All of them. Use them. It's time to bring them out. That'll save you some money right there. That you already use what you already have in your house. What a concept that is. You know, use <laughs> use those those napkins that you got in the napkin ring. I'm not going to use them wipe my mouth with it. They, hey, they're washable. If not, guess what? I can buy some more. I'm okay. You know, why, why am I saying all this? Because I'm going to tell you, there's, there's, there's many, I'm going to tell you, the enemy has us trapped in so many places when it comes to the holiday season. We get so frustrated about these things. You don't have money for this. You don't have money for that. And then the stuff you have bought, you're not using it. And then you just have it up there. I'm the, all is a source of frustration during this time. Use it. And every year is the same cycle. Comes out every single year. You know, if I bought Christmas decorations, guess what? I'm putting Christmas decorations out. If I bought Christmas plates and I'm using the Christmas plates for Christmas, it's designated for a certain purpose, let's use it. So we see here that Jesus said, yeah, we're going to break this ointment out. Yeah, we want this odor to fill the whole, <clears throat> the whole room with this ointment. That's right, because it's time. She did this on purpose. I'm going to tell you, if you stay on purpose during this time of season, you, you, will, you will understand, you avoid distractions when it comes to your spending. Stay on purpose. And let God reveal to you that purpose when it comes to your spending. Let God reveal it to you. I'm going to tell you, there's this, this things that you have already in place. Use them. That's money you, you can save already. Here's a concept. You ain't using them in so long. Hey, hey, put them in a, in a nice bag and put them on the tree. Say, Merry Christmas. I got you some new plates. New china. Never been used before. Merry Christmas. We just saved some money. I'm telling you, I've learned over the years when it comes to finances, when it comes to spending money this time of year, I've learned discipline. I've learned to just take inventory of what I have and make sure that I am purposely using it. 
I've learned these things. You don't have to go out and buy something new because, hey, it's new to you. If you haven't used it, then it's new to you. And when it comes to the, the, the enemy and the pride of life, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I ain't trying to keep up with nobody. Right? I, you have to settle these things now. The, whatever I have or whatever I don't have, it's okay with me. I ain't trying to press nobody during the Christmas season. If everybody on the block got on, you know, got lights outside, I don't mean I got to hang, you know, or got new lights this year, a new tree. I don't, every year I don't have to go out and get a new tree. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying these, catch these, it's the small foxes that spoils the vine. Everything don't have to be new. I can reuse that old tree. And let me stop, because, you know, this this thing I need to get to, didn't get to this evening. We'll, we'll get to the, Get to them next time. Because the thing I want to bring out and talk to, talk about is, you know, budgets. Because I really want to get to this budget thing. You know, because we need to have a holiday budget. I'll say it like that. We'll talk about a holiday budget next time. But again, understand the, the avoid these, these traps of the enemy during this holiday season. Don't get caught up in the hype. Right? Stay on the purpose of God. Remember the challenge. Read the Gospels every week, starting today. Read. That'll help you in your mindset. That'll help you in your heart. to Keep your heart where you need to be at. You're going to be like Judas. Don't be a thief during this time. And remember, he was a thief. Like he said, he was a thief. That means that wasn't the first time he stole. He was a thief. And the Bible says that when a thief is caught, he needs to recompense. So tonight, the thief has been caught. It's time for you to recompense. God is so good. Again, family, we thank you for tuning in this evening. Again, hopefully you're blessed and understand this time and season that we are in trying to minister to you about avoiding these distractions, to stay prepared, prepare ourselves for what's coming, right, what's next. God is, God is doing a great work in us and through us, and it's getting us to this place where we need to be at. We have to stay in position. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.